what's going on everybody welcome once again to studio 124 podcast with me your boy antoine mcgee and today i have my brother this is a real brother i don't just say this this is my brother because it's the first time i'm meeting him no this this is a real brother we we've done life and ministry together um he was on the other podcast the conversation at the table podcast he was my actually my first guest there um I'm, i think I'm, i might put that episode back out there just for the folks to listen to and now he is on the new platform studio 124 and for those that are new to the platform studio 124 is the the most creative space on the planet it is the place where i'm my most creative self i'm my most free self and then i invite other creatives other christians other believers into the space and we just share so Today, I have my brother, Stephen Pfeiffer. Actually, I'm sorry, Super Steph Pfeiffer. <laughs> I got him here on the pod, and we are going to talk about something that's near and dear to both of us, music. Um, but before I do that, Steph, how you doing? You good? I am amazing right now to be talking to my brother once again. My brother. On his platform, on, on his uh, 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 powerful platform. Studio 124. Yes, you know, sir. Yes, sir. I, I was honored to be on the first episode of your last show, and I'm super excited to be back on your new show. And yeah, man, man, you talking about music? Oh, I can do music. this. Yeah, oh, we about to do this. Yes, so, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself a little bit. Let the people know who you are, what you do, and then we can get right into it. I am uh, Stefan Super Steph Pfeiffer, modern day Renaissance man uh, uh, of the kingdom, uh, singer songwriter, worship leader, actor. I've been known to do a little bit of comedy now and then, uh, and uh, radio personality, two time Stellar Award winner. <clears throat> and. <laughs> And um, and by trade, I am a media production specialist, and I have produced uh, a lot of a lot of things for a, a lot of people, especially in the kingdom. And uh, yeah, excited to be here, man. Yeah, man. And we actually um, co-create and co-help with a podcast that's out right now, and that yeah, is exactly. Young Black Successful Podcast. Black Successful uh, Podcast. Shout out yeah, to with Destiny Diggs. Yes. So if y'all don't know what that is, go ahead and pause this real quick. Look up the Young Black Successful Podcast with Destiny Diggs. You will not be disappointed uh, with that as well because mm -hmm. we both work on it in our own unique ways. So and excited! This is cool. To be on. So excited. Yeah, that's 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 cool, Good. man. It's cool. You come see up, how, man. You see? Yeah, she is. She mm -hmm. is. What's so about? I was about to say, it's just interesting how things come together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Absolutely. we were we were both at the church just chilling, yep. doing our own little individual things. Then we yep. link up and boom. Mm -hmm. and now, now we fam. This man sat next to my grandmother when I was proposing to my. <laughs> wow. I'll never forget that as long as I live, man. That was yeah, amazing man. to be able to sit next to your grandmother, man. And she loved yeah, you man. so much. Oh, yeah, man. She told me some yeah, stories. Man. I said, oh, okay. I'm oh, right. geez. Oh, I, Lord. I'm all ears embarrassing yeah. <laughs> uh, 
got some stuff. I got some stuff on you, brother. Oh no, he got the tapes. That's not good. That is not good. Uh huh. All right. So, as you know, Steph is in the media. I'm in media. I love music. He sings. He writes. He produces. I sing. I write sometimes. I produce. Uh, not in a while, but I produced before. Um, so why not talk about the thing that we love the most, which is music? You know, God, our wives, and then there's music. Yes, yes, it's 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 in us. You know, it's in us. You cut me, you might see a couple notes. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, um, I'll never forget, and I'm gonna tell this quick story. The first time I saw Steph minister. Um, I was sitting in church, like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this guy singing? And uh, once you opened his mouth, I was like, see, he got it. He okay. got it. And it's one of those, like, he has one of those unique gifts where you can tell he's been in God's presence, you know, and he's trying to get you, get you somewhere. And he doesn't care about whether you say amen whether you say whether you say anything is for him it's an audience of one and it draws you in uh, i think one of my favorite songs to hear him sing is loving me by jonathan McReynolds. um i can see that as personal <laughs> when he sings that song so yeah I, he didn't know i was doing this so that's why he's having that reaction <laughs> Yo, he, going he didn't know i was gonna do that that's why he has that reaction uh, but i just wanted to share that that was one of my favorite um moments which you you know without me even having spoken to you yet but to witness uh your gift and you pour it out the way that you did it's my dude i mean he he does he does wonderful things he does wonderful things mm. might have to find that clip and put it in there i don't know might have to find oh it. boy <laughs> <laughs> might have to find it we'll see what happens oh, I'm, I'm sure you have it somewhere um <laughs> so let, let's let's dive into this vast subject of music so recently i'm, I'm gonna go future and then we're gonna go back a little bit so recently you know it's been announced that usher is doing the super bowl halftime yeah. show how do you feel about that how do you feel um i can't believe he hasn't done it already right like what we're just getting usher now like, are, are we kidding? Are we playing? Like, we didn't get like why we didn't why why didn't we have him do his thing in like oh four oh five confessions? Like, yeah, come on, man, serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, 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 yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, Sucks. yeah, that yeah it, it's yeah, definitely. But I, I think it's all in timing, you know, especially after he just completed his res residency over in Vegas, mm -hmm. and now he's in. Paris doing another one, which yeah. is crazy. He's the probably the, one of the hardest working show men in show business right now. You know I mean, and now that he's finally getting the chance to on the, probably the second biggest stage in the world, yeah. I say the Grammys is number one. Yeah. Now number two is the Super Bowl because you know everybody's watching. Yeah. You got you got thousands, maybe a million in the stands. I would argue that the Super Bowl is bigger because everybody, whether you like music or not, everybody's watching. Absolutely. So I would argue that the Super Bowl is the biggest 
I can't. What's bigger than the Super Bowl? I'm trying to think. I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Everybody I ain't got nothing. So yeah, um, but it is. I heard. I heard. An outlet. No, it was NPR. Tiny Desk. Mm-hmm. They got a post congratulating Usher about the Super Bowl, and they said that we were happy to have started this Usher Renaissance. You're gonna hear that word a lot today with me, Renaissance. Uh, but yeah, they kind of did like they yeah. remind people how dope Who, Usher really is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 in a lot of ways, I think he may need to remind people how dope he is too. Because I'm gonna just be honest, Usher is my one of my favorite. He actually mm-hmm. might be number mm-hmm. number two or three. Mm-hmm. We we'll we'll get into that in a minute. I mean, he, he you know he's number two or three in my R and B list, but top artist of all time, number number three. He he disappointed me with the last two albums. Just a, just a smidge. We gonna go there because because I was disappointed with what he put out right after Confessions. I was like, uh, what was that? Uh, Versus. I wanna make love in this club. That joint? I think I think that's or here I stand. That's here I stand. In this club. Yeah, 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 yeah. That when he put that out, that was right after confessions. I was like, that ain't it, bro. <laughs> that ain't it. I mean, it still was a hit though. <laughs> it still but was a hit. It was. It still was a hit. Especially when uh, he threw Beyonce on there. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It still I was, was a loving hit. when he came out with uh the joint that he put out with Nicki Minaj it was like 10, 10 years ago. Uh, she got to give it to you. That one? Or or Little Freak? Little Freak. The Little Freak League joint? I was loving that. Yeah. I was loving when he put out... Uh, Now, this song, this song people slept on, but I like it. It's a song called Good Kisser. He put that out mm. uh, a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that joint. Mm-hmm. Were you on the drum set? Yeah. I love that. That might be, that might be my favorite Usher song of all time, honestly. And it's not even yeah. like probably his top ten. But no, it, it, but I, that Joe was that Joe was hot though. I yeah. ain't gonna lie. And it was a single. Like it just he just dropped it because he wanted to. Yeah, I love that. Joe. That's that's one of my favorite ones too. Yeah, because he he gave you a little bit of. I don't know. It was like '90s Usher. Then you got the New Age Usher, and it was yeah, it was great. It was great. I loved it. Um, okay, I love the high feel of it, like you know, the instrumentation of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I actually, right after he dropped that song, I saw him in concert for the first time. Really? Yeah, he came to Wells Fargo Center, and I saw him in concert. I saw him do that live. Crazy, bruh, bruh, mm. bruh, mm-hmm. bruh. Yeah, something that I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never ever forget. Now you now you gonna make me go uh uh Google it after we get done. I'm gonna go Google it on YouTube. Oh something. yeah, he he got there's so many videos of him doing that joint. It's I've never crazy. watched him do it live. I, I need to see that now, dude. Like like you said with the drum set, like it's actually him playing on the drum set. Oh really? Yeah, he's playing on the drum set, bro. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. He played on the drum set. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the breakdowns that he do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll let you enjoy that. I'll let you enjoy okay. that. No worries. No worries. So let's talk about some of your musical uh, influences. Oh. Uh, 
give me give me one of your give me your top oh i'm gonna make it harder give me your top three r&b artists r&b artists yeah, you know, this, yeah. is, this is going to be hard because <laughs> I'm going to tell you why this is going to be hard. Because when it comes to R&B, I put gospel and R&B in almost in the same category. Okay. I can and see that. Because it's so inter- interchangeable because absolutely come from the same place. It's just, we just change the subject matters a little bit. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, my top, top top R&B slash Christian influence is commission. Commission, 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 okay? Absolutely. Um, If there wasn't, if it wasn't for commission, there would be no Boys to Men, no Jodeci, no 112, uh, 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 man. uh, Just all, the whole renaissance, here we go again. The, (laughs) The male the the male like uh, uh the male group the black male R and B group Renaissance that we saw in the late eighties and early nineties mm-hmm. that all came from Commission they were all influenced by Commission Commission was a super group okay and yeah they were done. I grew up on Commission they were the best um and people were sleeping on them back then. But if you were singing in church and you was a black man, you knew who Commission was. Yeah. Uh, now, for those who don't know, it's a super group that had Fred Hammond, that had Marvin Sapp. These are people that you know that have hits yeah. out here. Fred Hammond, Marvin Sapp. Uh, uh, but then we go into the Keith Staten. We go into the Mitchell Jones. We go into Carl mm-hmm. Reed. Um, yeah. And I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Uh, Montrell Derrick was in it. Um, oh, okay. Now here's something. Uh, um, a major songwriter producer who has made hits for countless R and B and pop artists to this day, Eric Dawkins. Yes, sir. Eric Dawkins. Mr. Dawkins, Dawkins. Eric Dawkins and Dawkins used to be in the commission band. They were singing background vocals on on yeah. uh, one of the uh, one of my my favorite commission albums. Uh, the the, the Dawkins and Dawkins, they were singing background vocals on it, man. So, yeah. And so, to this day, some of your favorite hits were written and produced uh, by Eric Dawkins, who came from that commission statement. Yes, sir. Yes, Mm -hmm. sir. Google him. Google him. Google him. Google him. Um, That's my biggest influence. That's number one. Uh, Number two. Number two. Um, all right, I'm about to go to here. People are gonna be mad at me. They're gonna be like, "What's wrong with you?" But B. Slade slash Tone is my favorite solo artist beast. of all time. He's a beast of all time. And people were like, "How? What? Like, you know why? Because they don't know his full catalog. What they know is uh, his first it, the gospel stuff that he put out in the early 2000s." The stuff that made him my favorite artist of all time was all the stuff he put out basically after he left mainstream gospel. You're talking like from 06 on. That is why he's my favorite artist of all time. 
And a lot of people aren't familiar with his uh, catalog after Out the Box. One, yeah, which had Lord Make Me Over and all that. But I really, really, I, 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 I put this out there for everybody. Please go and search up B. Slade's uh, dis- discography after yes. 2006, after Out the Box. You will I, enjoy I'll it. I'll start you off with an uh, album called Oak Park. That album literally changed my life. And that was th- that was a gospel album that he put out. But it was a gospel mm. album that was literally, uh, it was so testimonial and real that, that at the time, his major label that he was signed to would refuse to let him put it out. Mm. Put it out independently instead. It's called Oak Park. And at the time he was signed to Verity Records, he, he it was right after, um, it was Matt Bag was right, it's right before he put out Out the Box. It's right before he put out Out the Box. He was going to put this album out called Oak Park. And they said, nah, it's too real. God, no, we don't understand that. So then he went back and made Out the Box. Now imagine, Out the Box was a major hit album. But this this album, Oak Park, for me, it trumps out the box. I've and that made him nobody, my favorite artist of all time. I've never heard nobody speak about him like this. Go never. look up Oak Park, and you will hear what I'm saying. It's the realest, it's one of the realest gospel albums you ever heard in your life. No, one of, it's the realest gospel album you will ever hear in your life. Go listen to Oak Park. Well, you heard it first. Go ahead and listen to Oak Park by B. Slade yeah. uh, and check it out. And, uh, uh, and then let go us look, know. Yes. And then go listen to another album by B. Slade called The London Letters. Those two albums now came that out. I've heard about. Go listen that to I've those heard. and you'll be like, oh, 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 he's a beast. Oh. And from there, from then on. Do what yeah. you want. Do it like just go listen to whatever album because he put out he literally put out after out the box he put out like another I want to say twenty albums. Good God! Yeah, no. He, at one point he was dropping an album every year, and then sometimes some some of those years he dropped like two albums in one year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite artist of all time. My favorite solo artist. He, and listen, those albums that he put out, they're all different types of genres. Jazz, R and B, gospel, rock, whatever. He does all of it. My favorite artist of all time. Underground. Mm, mm, mm. I didn't even get to a number three yet. Number three? Oh man. <laughs> number three. Biggest. Oh boy. Number three. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh number three. Man. Okay. I'm thinking hard here. I'm thinking yeah. really hard. Okay. Number three? R and B? Mm-hmm. R&B. Commission. I said commission. I said B-Slade. You said commission. You B-Slade. All right. I'm going to have to go underground again. Go, go. And the thing is, again, he's not necessarily R&B, but he is. His name is Doobie Powell. Doobie yes. Powell. My third. He, between commission, B-Slade, and Doobie Pal, that's like two thirds of my playlist that I be listening to on a regular basis. Everything else is just 
playlist of different songs I like from a different person at this time and that time. Yeah, man. As far as like full albums, Commission, B Slade, Doobie Pal, I'll listen to it without skipping. And I love it because it's like a combination of R&B, of gospel, and it goes all different types of subjects and everything, and you just can't go wrong. Now, outside of that, those three, I can name my favorite songs and, and maybe favorite albums from certain people. Like, I can yeah. say, uh, I love that R&B Money album from Tank. That joint is fire. That joint yeah. is yeah. fire. I was telling yeah, he you has, about he- he has a couple of things on there. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, I said, you did. Listen, when you with your wife <laughs> and you want to have adult time, that's what you play. Put on that RB money. Y- yeah, yeah. She she likes slow. She likes slow. That's a blessed song. That's a blessed song for all my married folk. That's a blessed song. All right, anyway. <laughs> that's, that's my joint right there. Slow? Ooh. Yes, sir. Uh, do Okay, all right, we get stuck. We'll get stuck. I can't I can't we'll get stuck there. Shout out to Tank and Jay Valentine. All day. We 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 love you, man. We love I you. Keep doing my, I watch every week. I watch R and B money every week. Every, every week. week. Um, Yo, K Michelle's crazy. Oh. K Michelle's crazy. <laughs> no, sentimental reasons. One of my favorite episodes is when they had my brother uh, DJ Camper on there because we go back to the basement. DJ Camper is the the guy who brought you um, her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, executive. Welcome to the camp. Executive produce her. We go back yeah. to the basement. I, I was super excited. One of my favorite episodes, sitting there uh, watching DJ Camper. Um, we go back to the basement. I'm talking my 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 parents' basement. We was in we was in my parent parents' basement. Me, uh, Lukey, uh, Saint Luke, who's another Grammy award winning Grammy. I don't know whether he won or whether he's nominated, but he's he's in the Grammy conversation. He's part of the Grammy family. My brother, my best best man at my wedding, Saint Luke. Okay, uh, uh, producer extraordinaire. He brought uh, DJ Camper over the house back when I was still living with my parents. He was in my parents' basement just cooking up stuff. And uh, that was years ago. And to see where he, where uh, both St. Luke and Camper are now is amazing. And it was amazing to see Camper on, um, on R&B Money. I really enjoyed the episode. And shout out to yeah, Tank that was Jay Valentine. Yeah. Yeah, shout out again, Tank and uh, Jay Valentine. And get me on the show. Uh, anyway. Hey. Uh, <laughs> you have not because you asked that. But... Hey. um. Okay, so we got your top three. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. This might it's it's for me when people ask me it gets me sentimental because it's I couldn't even like I wasn't able to really pinpoint my love for music until recently. Um. So, what sparked you into this musical journey? Like, what 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 was the first song you heard? The first instances when you knew I gotta be a part of this my earliest memories of music alright well I'll put like this my first album 
that I ever appeared on, I was in my mother's womb. The church choir had did an album, uh, and and my both my parents were in the choir. If I'm not mistaken, my dad was one of the musicians as well. And wow. my mom was pregnant with me. You know what I mean? Right up in the soprano section. And I have the <laughs> album to this day. I have the album. You look on that album cover. Shout out to Westminster uh, Christian Worship Center. Back then they were called Westminster Evangelistic Church. Uh, Bishop Luke Witherspoon, senior pastor. And shout out to First Lady Juanita Witherspoon. Church I was like basically born and raised in. And they did an album. Uh, and the whole Witherspoon family were, were uh, and still are, uh, just a, a singing family, and they did a whole choir album. And my parents were, were a part of it. And St. Luke, the guy I was talking about earlier, who's my one of my best, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, is the grandson of Bishop Luke Witherspoon Sr. Uh, but I digress. My mother was pregnant with me when they did that album. Somehow, some way, I guess it, it, it got to me. <laughs> and then <laughs> after that, my earliest memories, as I said before, my earliest memories were uh, of commission. My dad just blasting commission on his stereo system. Uh, in the Come living. on, stereo system. Yeah, he had, he had the big, tall stereo system. Yeah, we have one too. Yeah, man. And blasting commission. Saturday Love morning, blasting commission. We going to the cookout, blasting commission. We driving to church. Blasting commission, man. I'm talking, uh, 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 uh. Only what you do, Jesus Christ will last. That song. That I think that might be my the first memory I have of a recorded song. Is that song? Mm. By commission. Yep. Yeah. And that that made me want to jump in, like just. Hands and feet. The thing about it, like I said earlier, I'm a, I'm really a renaissance man. Like, I just accept it. Whenever I experience something that I like, I can't just partake of it. After a while, I have to participate. It's just, it's a bug. It's an itch I have to scratch. So that's how I, <laughs> I, I'll tell you. And that's how, I've learned, that's how I've learned how to do so many different things. I'll get an idea. Yeah. Like, ooh, I could try this. And then the mm-hmm. idea will push me to cultivate another skill set. So, yeah, that's how I uh, first got into music. It's just listening to Commission. And then uh, I had my little Fisher-Price tape recorder, my first Sony tape recorder, and I pushed record on it and started singing into it, making up my own songs. There you go. We've talked about this before. Like, our paths kind of echo. I mean, granted, I wasn't listening to gospel, in my mm. grandmother's house, mm. every morning it would be Marvin Gaye, mm. or or Barry White. Oh, Barry White. Or oh yeah, Barry White. Or Whitney Houston. Or okay. Stevie Wonder. Wow. Um, it was Maybe. those guys. Michael Jackson. Good company. Um, Jackson Five. Temptations. Yeah. yeah. And not not just the old Temptations, but the new Temptations. I was listening <laughs> to all those things. I, um, one of my first early memories of music oof, so many but listening to practice what you preach by barry white for the first time yeah, let me in it. 
yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's to this day. That's still my joint. Um, and I, the first thing that caught me was how deep his voice was. Mm. I was like, "Who is that?" The grown and man, at, right? And then at two years old, I'm singing it <laughs> in the middle of my grandmother's living room. You know, got a little, got a little mic, little stand, singing oh, that joint. Bro, it's crazy. It's crazy. Couldn't even couldn't say preach, so I had I said peach. You know what I mean? You, know what I mean? <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Uh, and that practice what you peach. Yeah, pr- pretty much practice what you peach. That's hilarious. I mean, listen, my my aunt and them will tell you that story in a heartbeat. They love telling that story. Mm. Um. That was one of my fondest memories. The second one is my father, you know, watching him just get up on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. and just make music. Mm-hmm. That's all he did. Saturday morning, he would be up at nine o'clock in the morning making music. Wow. He'd take his keyboards out and you had two of them. He had his tape recorders. He had his microphones. He had his beat machines and he would just go at it. Mm. and probably record two or three songs in one day. Mm. I mean, granted, back then, they might have been dope. They might not have been dope. I don't even know. But at the same time, watching him do it, I was like, so my dad do? Let me get in here. And my dad wasn't stingy with the mic. He would be like, he would hear us in the background, like whether we had a melody or something, at four or five years old. He's like, I like that. Here. And he would give us the microphone and put it and put us on the record. What is on the record? I mean, there's plenty of tapes he had where it was baby talk <laughs> on the record, but he made it work. I don't even know. Um, so for me, I think music just surrounded me with family, um, with the love of it. And then after a while, you know, I, as you say, I think one of the reasons why we connect is because I'm also, I would consider myself a Renaissance man. I, dabble in a lot of different things as well you know i got music i got the production side i got video side i got audio side i got speaking now um (laughs) writing different in different ways of writing not just music but now people want me to start writing short films and i got interested in doing that type of stuff so learning constantly but always falling right back to this love of music you know, I feel like sometimes it's like, even though the people, church folk might get mad at me saying it, it feel like fire sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't leave, can't leave it alone. Like, it's just like, if I go a day without listening to a certain song, I'm like, all right, what's going on with my day today? I, I, okay, just play this song real quick and just be having a great time, having a great time. All right. So your top, oh, no, no. All right. We're going to do a little game called this. Uh, which one? Um, oh boy, Boys and Men, Jodeci. Boys to Men. Okay. Boys to right. Men. Um, just like all of their all their begging songs, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, man. I'm hard. No, uh, even their breakup songs. Breakup even songs, makeup songs. I make love to you. Uh, uh, end of the road. Uh um, ooh, probably my favorite one is "Let It Snow." Yes, sir. 
let it let know it's my song. Like, bro, man, listen, let it snow. It the it's just the the harmonies are so rich, the melody soulful. They got it. it. That song is endless classic. Endless. It captures time, man. A time and dude, I just played it like last week, just on a whim. That, that I'll play that no matter what time of year it is because I love it so much, man. Yeah, so yeah, I gotta good. give it to Boys to Men. It's, Although I do, it's... I love Joe to see as well. I got love for Joe to see, but I gotta be Boys. Okay, okay. Mm. All right, I'm gonna hit you with another Brian McKnight or Babyface. And I just start. I just talked about. Something that Brian McKnight made, which was Let It Snow with, with yeah, yeah, yeah. But I gotta go with Babyface. Babyface, man, he made so many songs that I love. I just was watching, and I have that thing on repeat now, his Tiny Desk concert mm-hmm. that he did, and he had Tank in, mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. The hits, man, the hits, the endless and, hits, and across genres, man. Because some of my favorite ones are the ones that he did outside of R and B, like what he did with Eric Clapton with the uh, "Change the World." If I could change the world, I'll be the sunlight in the universe. That joint is oh man, I love that song. <laughs> and then um, what's the other one he did uh, uh with with the joint he did with Madonna uh. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. That joint right there, them joints, man. <laughs> Just favorite. endless, bro. He got endless hits. Endless hits, man. Baby endless face. Hits. Shout out All right, face. let's give the women some love. Mariah Whitney. Gotta take a sip. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay man okay take your time no judgment zone here no judgment they both can sing they face off yep I, I got love for both of their uh, catalogs even love their duet that they did together it was epic one of Prince of Egypt Egypt soundtrack. Oh, oh, um, oh. But I gotta go with somebody who defined my childhood. And that was Whitney Houston. There you go. Whitney Houston defined it, man. Whitney Houston, she was one of the pillars. Yeah. Where I just knew, like, these people, because they exist, Music is great. Whitney, mm. Michael Jackson, Prince, people like that. Um, and she was one of household them. names. Household names. One of them, and I mean, she's from Jersey. She's a church girl. Yes, Jersey. You understand? Boy. Like, like she brought it. You know what I mean? She had that, that bottom, quiver, that man. bottom, that bottom lip shaking, just like we do, and like the things that she did and the, the love that she showed just for good music. It wasn't about Showtime. She was so down to earth. I love the relationship she had with the Winans family, how she would bring mm-hmm. out BB and CC, uh, went on tour with them, brought them on Arsenio Hall, 
I love the fact that she sang background vocals for Angie and Debbie Winans on their debut album. That's another album that slept on that is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's Angie and Debbie's first album. Um, I love the stuff she did uh, on the, uh, what was it? Oh my gosh, what's the name of that? The Bodyguard soundtrack. Yes, sir. Um, 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 Preacher's Wife. And The Preacher's Wife. Her her movie soundtracks is second to none. Waiting to exhale, even though I, I wasn't really into that movie, but you know, I, I recently second. just watched it because of my wife. But other than yeah. that, gotta love Whitney Houston. Wasn't okay. All right, all right. We gave the women some love. We gave the women some love. All right, so this one is gonna be interesting. Marvin Sapp or Fred Hammond? Yeah. Well, I mean, Marvin Sapp is Fred Hammond's young boy, man. Like, I gotta give it to Fred Hammond. Like, there if it wasn't for Fred Hammond, there would be no Marvin Sapp. And truthfully, like, like I said, like, I was always into Fred Hammond's solo stuff. I'm talking going back before he came out with Radical for Christ. I'm talking uh, back to I Am Persuaded, Fred Hammond, where he yeah. got he got the box and he's in the front mm-hmm. cover, like. Um, that album. Let me take you to the Mandura Broken That is my joint. Come on. Damn it, man. People sleep. People sleep on how amazing his arrangements are sometimes. Like his pen game, his the way he comes up with melodies, like Fred Hammond is is He's 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 the, the real deal. He completely uh uh um what's the word I'm influenced R and B in the late eighties, early nineties, it was Fred Hammond that everybody was listening to, even to the point where on the Cosby show, my man broke out singing a Fred Hammond song on the Cosby show. You never forget when my man broke out singing um that song oh uh, I can tell you how uh, I can tell you how I feel for you and all the things that I could do to show you the love I have is true. Remember that song? I don't know if you know that song, but that song. He yeah, and I, I remember the episode too. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, and yeah, the fact yeah. that he was singing Fred Hammond on it was commissioned. He was singing, and it's a Fred Hammond song on a Cosby Show. That was a that was like huge back then. That's major. It's like, major. Yeah. Major. Yeah. Dang, I was trying while you were saying, I was like, I was trying to remember the words because, but I know what I, I know the episode. Wrong, but yeah. But like, you was close. <laughs> you was close. Yeah. You was close. You was close. All right. The last one. Right, I'm going to stop messing with your head. Kirk or Ty? Ty. That was easy. Tribbett. Ty. Ty Tribbett? That was super easy. Okay. Ty. Okay. I love Kirk. I met Kirk. Got to like do uh interview with Kirk. Got to interview Ty too. Um, I've seen Ty, I've seen Kirk live a few times. I've seen Ty live a million times. Ty literally is the person who made me get into being a worship leader and a choir director. It was him. Like I have other influences like Ricky Dillard and, and James Hall and them. Hezekiah, of course, Kirk, but Ty was the ultimate for me. Ty, when he first came out, was a movement. I had never seen anything like it. I'll never forget when he first put out his first album. And I bought that album because everybody was talking about, yo, get that Ty album. 
and I had never seen him live yet. And the album, it's the Life album. Yep. It was okay, but it didn't do him justice because when I saw him live, I did not expect what I saw. The first time I'd ever seen anything like that. He was live. It was 2004, the fall of 2004. And he was live in New York at Greater Allen Cathedral in Queens. Shout out to Greater Allen. And he, him and G.A., I love G.A. I am a G.A. fan for life. Him and they G.A. Tore and it down. They tore it up. When they all <laughs> fell to the floor singing, sinking. And this, I'm telling this is way before he actually put it out commercially. He was singing those songs like, when he first was out, those songs was was out for years underground before he ever mm-hmm. put them out commercially. I saw him singing "Sinking," it blew me away because they all fell to the floor and kept singing, and then they all started to slowly get back up. Like they had choreography. Like I had seen choirs with choreography before, but this was the first time I actually saw somebody like perfectly balanced, like the energy of the youth. And then, like, the traditional churchy sound. The difference yeah. between Kirk and, and Ty was, Kirk said, I'm going to sample as much hip-hop as I can to catch the youth. Ty captured what people like me were about. People like me who grew up in church. Kids like me who, yeah, we got love for hip-hop, but we love church. We love to shout. We just put our youthful energy into it. Ty did that. Ty made it cool to be a church kid. It wasn't, oh, yeah, we're going to take off these church clothes and go and do some hip-hop stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But Mm -hmm. Ty made it cool to put on a suit and go shout. Ty made it cool to say, yo, what's your shout break like? What y'all, y'all church got, make y'all own shout breaks? Y'all, what y'all shout break sound like? Like, <laughs> I made it cool. Like, that whole Kingdom University movement, it was like, it was a movement. And it really encouraged me because here is this guy who has hair like me and has energy like me running around. Screaming. Screaming and, and doing this thing. And he's anointed and he's and he's youthful and energetic. Man, it, 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 it really, it inspired me to pick up a mic. Yeah. Facts. And I got I got a funny Thai story. I met him in Camden actually for the first time, because mm. um, that's where he's from. <laughs> so I met him there. I didn't even know who he was. Mm. Uh, he was at a church where, you know, me and my mom were just going. Something was happening in Camden. It was always like big church convocations out there, but all the Camden churches usually did their convocations together. Mm-hmm. You know, you would go to you would go three blocks and go to Mount Moriah or five blocks. You go into Calvary Baptist, or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, like those revival weeks and he was there and I heard him playing the organ. Mm. I was like, yo, who's this? Who's this? Who's he? Who is he? You know what I mean? That's when I met him there. And then fast forward back at Bethany, mm. I met, I, of course, you know, he was there a couple of times, but the time that I met him, the, like face to face, we were. That's when I first started doing audio production there, mm. and I met him there. And I was telling him like, you know, you, you know, you inspire me. Um, you know, the last all your albums bless me. You know, I've listened to all of them. I said, but by far, uh, everything is like 
<laughs> that joint was mm-hmm. forwards and backwards. I could listen to that thing. It was so clean, energetic. You know, it, it was right after he dropped that album and he turned it was big and all that stuff. So, um, you know, and then I remember watching him. He came to the church to do a concert for this guy who was dropping a book or something. And I'm standing up on the balcony watching him perform. And literally, I felt like the spirit come to me and was like, yeah, you'll do that, too. Mm. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, he's singing and he's singing everything at that point. And I'm like, oh, come on. And you know how when that song comes on, everybody just starts to fall out because, you know, it's a hit. And it's something that actually inspires people to get into worship, get into the presence of God. Um, so yeah, that was cool, man. I appreciate you for uh being a good trooper. <laughs> uh, let me just throw out there for for people who uh, are Thai fans or maybe not even Thai fans, um, some of his best stuff is his live stuff. Oh yeah, favorite, all day. My favorite Thai album is not actually a commercial album. It is a mixtape that has been circling around since two thousand four, almost twenty years. Look up Thai tribute. Live in New York at Hezekiah Walker's church at Love Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Ty Trivet, live in New York at Love Fellowship. Look that up. It be like people who were there that night, they recorded it and turned it into a mixtape. And you just like you would pass a mixtape around of a rapper, we were passing this mixtape around of Ty Trivet back in the day. And that album alone. Crazy. To this day, I still quote certain things from that album when I'm leading worship. To this day. But that's like, beautiful. I'm like, yeah, man, yo. That's how Ty is and was. And this is my last thing about Ty. His latest album that he put out, All Things New. Mm-hmm. He's Bonkers. Back. He's, he's back. back. He's, he's back. back. Especially that live that live All Things New. He's back. Let me tell and you something. I don't understand why he didn't win at the Stellars. I got yeah. love for everybody. I got love for the people who won. But he should have got that. I is back. He's back. And when Ty, I don't really think he really left, but I mean, <laughs> I feel like he calmed down a little bit and kind of like chilled for a minute. I think he forgot because I think he was trying a little too much to serve CCM. the people what they what he thinks they want instead of just giving them what God put inside of him. Yeah, and be tight. Just be tied. Give us that soul. Come on, bro. And when he brought it back to that with this album, he's back. Dude, he's I listen. Untouchable. I still, to this day, I listen to that album still. But it, oh, man, yeah. we could go, we could go in depth. I could depth. play that without skipping. Yeah, whole, all the way through. All the way through. Play without all skipping. All the way through. I could do the recorded version and the live right. version. Because that live version, I was like, yeah. Did he, did the band just, oh. That's Ty. All that yeah. like, stuff up on the fly and all that. That's Ty all day. Yeah. That's- and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. And and to sum this up, you know, the you know, we talking music, we're talking uh different artists, our influences, the things that we love. Um but I we would be remiss if we didn't take the moment just to appreciate God. You know, appreciate him and the gift that he has given us through music, our ability to relate to something that is in a lot of ways mystical. 
It's magic. I mean, what the human voice is capable of doing, the emotion you're able to feel, um, but also because Steph is a worship leader, I'm a part-time worship leader. I, I, I get in there when I get in there. You know, I'm part-time. <laughs> part Stop you know. <laughs> No, but if you, if you put me up there, I'm going. I'm going all the way in. So, I mean, I haven't sat, been able to sit down and really focus in on worship leading because of all the stuff I did in the background. But that season has come to an end. So, you'll be seeing me more in the front. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll, ask you, I'll ask you some questions after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we have um you know i just wanted to take the last you know five or ten minutes and dive into your newest venture um which is worship leading at a church oh boy and i know the times that we've spoken off air you know just our normal conversations and your frustrations with it the things that you had to learn and grow and adapt and the challenges that you faced and um, I'm sure there's still things that are brewing and things that you're still learning because you know why wouldn't it be but let's get to the real beauty of it right the real beauty of it is you're doing something that you love but how is it and here's my and this is a question that that wifey wanted me to ask so I'm going to ask she shout wants to know shout out, <laughs> shout out to wifey how is it doing ministry with your wife in this capacity because before you know y'all was there together in a volunteer capacity you know at bethany just singing in the praise team singing you know duets or singing solos or whatever but now it's you you you're the guy <laughs> you're the guy and your wife is you know is is this is that's your wife so now it's leadership it's worship leading it's okay let's not take this home with us all these different things so how how's it been what are some of your joys well let me just right off the bat for those who are watching who may be closer to the situation than the average person because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are questions and there's speculation. I'm going to set the record straight right now since you brought it out. Um, Go ahead, man. Yeah, we were volunteering at Bethany. You know what I mean? And we took a hiatus because I needed to start working more. Yeah. To get some more income coming in. That's you know what I'm saying? Amen. Uh, Amen. So I had to, and this is this is a lot of people's story. You know how it is. You you're really active in church, and you're so active. And I know I was raised to like you give. You can't be God given. So you might not have a lot of money to give, but you give your time. You give your gift. So that's why you would always see my wife and myself at Bethany going forth because we believe that you can't be God given. We believe that the more that we gave of ourselves the more yeah. the Lord would start pouring back into us uh, uh, both on, on, the, on the surface as far as like blessing our finances, blessing our, our, our uh, marriage and all that, and then just our spirit pouring back into us. So that's why we were going so hard. But it got to the point where we were going so hard that it was like, yo, I probably should stop volunteering so much and go work a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I, I just felt, as a man, I felt like I had to do that. And, you know, every, you know it happens. It's, you know what I'm saying? So 
I did that, and while I was on my hiatus, my, and me and my wife was on a hiatus uh, from volunteering, we got an offer. We got a phone call because you got to understand something. I was leading praise and I was doing praise and worship way before I got to Bethany. I was doing praise and worship with your dad's probably, church. Yeah, I was like doing praise and worship for at least a good fifteen years before I got to Bethany. And when when I first came to Bethany, I had left being the worship leader, minister of music at my church before. You know what I mean? I was the minister of music, choir director, all that. And I needed to just stop. God led me to Bethany because I was like, I just want more of you right now. I didn't plan on leading worship again. I plan on coming through and, you know, supporting wherever I was needed to be needed to help support uh, uh, be a great tenor, you know what I mean? And then lo and, behold, <laughs> lo and behold, you know what I mean? One thing led to another. Next thing you know, I'm doing the same thing I was doing before. I'm up there with the mic in my you can't hand. Can't escape it. Can't escape it. I promise you, it was it was it wasn't in the cards. I never expected to do it when I got to Bethany, and then within like a year and a half, it happened. It was like, all right, God, you know what you're doing. Okay, cool. Long story short, when we another thing is before we got to Bethany, my wife and I, church kind of got in between us. Church had us in separate rooms. Church yeah. had us on opposite sides of, of the church. Like we already, we were newlyweds. We were trying to figure out marriage, learning, and we were making some mistakes. And, and then church became just another one of those things that kind of like created a barrier between us. Cause we were both yeah. so busy, but we were both busy doing separate things. Only time we saw it, only time we, we worked together at church a little bit was on the praise team, but it wasn't even like we was together on the praise team. It was, you know, it was different. But when we got to Bethany, we made a conscious decision that we weren't going to do anything without each other at church. We weren't going to do anything at church without each other. So when you saw us at Bethany and we were always together, that was on purpose. That was on purpose. And that's good. That's good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I'm going to interject real quick. That's good for, you know, those that are couples, um, whether you're married or not or whether you're thinking about dating somebody, it's important to be on the same page mm -hmm. because church came, came in between me and my bride at once, at one point, mm. and I refused. <laughs> I refused. You know, I, I, happy house, happy spouses, happy houses. You know, so I'm not, <laughs> we're, we're not doing that, okay? So once the doors close, church goes, stays out there. We come back in and we are Antoine and Kate, you yeah. know, uh, yeah, yeah, we're, no, we're not doing that. So take a note for those that are in ministry that are inspiring to be in ministry that are called into ministry. If you have a spouse or when you get a spouse or you're dating somebody, you're engaged, make sure y'all do things together and, and not necessarily forcing the person to get into ministry, but in the decisions, in the conversation. Before you say yes to a gig or yes to a worship night or yes to, you know, going out to preach or whatever you may do, make sure you, you, you know, your significant other is okay. Because if not, yeah, that's all I can say. 
podcast. That's all I can say. Okay, go ahead, bro. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, because if you if you let that happen, you can start to have feelings of resentment that come up. Yeah. And it's 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 very it's a very peculiar spot to be in. And I was in it before I got to Bethany, and that's why when we got to Bethany, we made a conscious yeah, decision together. Um, and that's how we fell in love in the first place. When we met, we met on a Stockton University campus at choir for her. Shout out to Stockton. Shout out to Stockton University. I was the choir director. She was the president. And eventually we just started dating. But that was the whole thing about us. We fell in love creating together. That was like one of the things we love to do together is create together. And then when we got married, we kind of got away from that. We got away completely because we started doing adult things. I'm going to my job. She's going to her job. We come home. We both tired. And we both just whatever, like just sitting around trying to catch some sleep before we have to go back and do it again. And then we get to church. We're still separated. We're not doing things together. So we hardly ever got to spend time together. Da, 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 da. So we made it our business at home and at church to do everything together. I said all that to say when the opportunity, when the phone call came, it was a phone call and it was like you and your wife, we, I would love <laughs> to hire you as ministers of music. You know what I mean? Let's 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 try it out. At first, it was only supposed to be like one or two Sundays a month, and at the mm-hmm. time, we weren't having service on Sundays at Bethany. So it was like, oh, all right, we're not doing anything on Sundays anyway. Let's try it out for two two Sundays out of the month. Well, after the first Sunday of doing it, they was like, yo, we love y'all so much. We want y'all every Sunday, and it was like, well, we still not doing anything on Sundays. So it was like, all right, I guess we'll do mm-hmm. it. And then we signed a contract. And that's the first time I ever did that. Look, I was, like I said, I was raised to not be doing business in church like that. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, as I got away from my childhood church and got out and really got to experience it a lot more, I saw that, you know, there are some business aspects. Oh, yeah. And it takes money to do it. Yes, it's, sir. Not, it's, it's not the devil. It's just reality that yeah. in the same way it takes money to build the church and you're not just going to build it for free. You need to pay carpenters. You need to pay the people who Talk keep the it. church running. Talk all right. And, and, and the music ministry is a huge part of that. You yep. know what I mean? And all that stuff that we're doing, it takes a lot of preparation that has nothing to do with just oh, I'm coming on Sunday. If we just would come on Sunday. And do what we do and then leave and not think about it again till next Sunday, it'd be terrible. And the demand, especially now, the demand that churches have on the music ministry to be at a certain level, is like it takes us doing rehearsals, preparation, research, memorization, time, 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 time. So what do you think we're doing? What do you think we're doing when we're working on church stuff? That means we're not working at a regular job somehow some way we still gotta what we gotta feed ourselves and pay our bills and all that too so that came to that came to the realization for me i came to the realization of that and so that's why i was receptive to signing a contract for the first time in my life and becoming a contracted worship leader it was new territory for me i just passed a year anniversary of doing it and doing it with my wife doing it with my wife I wouldn't have did it if I if my wife wasn't involved. Bruh. I wouldn't have did it Bruh. if my wife wasn't involved because Yeah, it's is, too hard, bro. It's too hard. It's the most important thing to me. Um 
it's not it doesn't it doesn't really spark too much dissension between us because we know how to separate uh work from uh uh you know from our relationship yeah. like when we go on work mode we in work mode and we might be like la, 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 la. but we know this is work this is work talk this ain't personal talk it's work talk and we don't never like bring our personal into the work the work we never do oh no we never do that like we never take personal shots no because in the, the day uh uh we we're, we're too seasoned to fall into that trap there you go when we were younger maybe but maybe. now we're too we're too seasoned to fall into that type of trap we've been doing this too long um and um and we're a team and and you know nobody can come between us you Absolutely. know uh and i mean it's, it's it's really a pleasure working with my wife it really is it's fun we've been doing it we started from day one working together that's why when you see us working together it seems so natural and it's not forced because we've been doing that literally that's how forever we that's how we met yeah. working together and everybody yeah. doesn't meet like that everybody doesn't meet like that Every, you no. know but um it's possible and if and if you really love each other and y'all are best friends yeah it can work it, it can, can work. work it, it can, can work. work it takes work but it can it, work it, it takes work but it can work and, it, and it's fun and um i get to see i i never i never i never had the feeling that I used to have when we like the first couple of years of our marriage, where it's like, I, I, I'm not seeing my wife. Like we're in the same place. We're in the same, we're in the same, but uh, where same is condo, she? but where is she? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we're seeing each other in passing. Like, like I don't have that feeling anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. She's me and I see her and we flirt doing work. I mean, look, <laughs> we flirt doing work, man. Like on a slide Amen. to, you, if you Amen. if you watch us if you watch us close enough you'll see you'll see a, a little you'll see some flirtation <laughs> going. I'm gonna keep it just hey. like that. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, listen. I told people before, be prepared to be uncomfortable around me and mine. So <laughs> be prepared, because look, if I see her, hey, how you doing? You all right? Yep. Okay, all right. Yep. Just want just want to make sure. Just want to make sure you're okay. I mean, yep. this, this man was at my wedding. He saw the romance. He yep. saw it. I saw it. He saw everything. So we had, you know, we had a great time um, then. But I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for this. I remember having the conversations offline. You know, just one on one. You know, your frustration, and then you coming to me talking about taking your, you know, your hiatus, your sabbatical, and I was a hundred, hundred and ten percent behind you like look you gotta do what you gotta do right and <laughs> hey it, look in in the building will continue exactly and that's why and, I it, and it has and it that's has why i felt comfortable doing it so again for the record it wasn't uh uh anything that anybody did i wasn't no. mad or anything it was literally just life that's i needed I to take a step back handle my business as a man mm-hmm. and as a husband and as a provider Yep. And then while I'm doing that, as I'm doing what God has told me to do, has instructed me to do as a husband, while I'm doing that, he's like, okay, now that you are away and you obeyed me in this, all right, here you go. Right, right. Because how can you, and this is what really, this thing kept going in my head and it motivated me. How can you take care of the house of God when your house ain't even 
Thank you. If you're not taking it, care of your house, how are you gonna take care mm-hmm. of the house? If, yeah. If how can you boast that you're a man of God when you're not even a man? You're not even yeah. a good man. You got you got to be a man of God and God's man. That's what right. I say. There you go. Yeah. You yeah. gotta handle your business as a man. Yeah. You feel me? That's first and foremost, and I, I feel like God called you to that too. Because yeah. again, our first the ministry is at home first, correct? Yeah, that's right. the first oh. one. No, you're right. You know, that's the first one. Like you if you like that's that's one of the qualifications of an elder. You got to rule your own house well. If right. You don't believe me? Read Second Timothy, chapter two. It's in there. Come on, Come on Pastor. <laughs> it's it's in there. I mean, I didn't want to have to go there today. I didn't want to have to go there today. But it's in there. Look, you know what? Let's pull it up. Let's pull it up real quick. I'm gonna pull it up real fast. I'm gonna pull it up. Give me, give me two seconds. If, if, I'm, while he's while he's pulling up, I'm gonna say it right now. I already told him he's a pastor. I already know what time <laughs> it is. I'll say I'll say it out for the pastor. Oh God, hey, uh, hey, amen. I'm I'm not I'm not denying it. I'm mm-hmm. not denying it. We're gonna read this in the King of the Jane. No, no, I don't want to do oh, that. Okay, James. Okay. Nah, we're gonna we're gonna go new, new King James. Come on. All right. <laughs> So this is Second Timothy, chapter fourteen. I mean, Second uh, Tim- Timothy, verse fourteen. In the the byline says, "Approved and disapproved workers." This okay. is why I'm doing New King James. So remind them of these, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to to nonprofit to ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to the present. Present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth, right? Right. So we got that. That's 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 perfect. That's the first part. Right. All right. Now let's go to where's it at? Number it's in Timothy. Hold on. Give me a second. Oh, I feel like I'm on the spot. Uh I don't like it. We getting it right uh, because like 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 we were saying, when he when he finds it, he'll let uh, me know. Oh, first, first Timothy three. First Timothy three. Come on. And then you got qualifications of overseers, right? Those that are supposed to be over us. In right. other words, bishops, right? Right. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires a position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded of a good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, no violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well, right? Having his children in submission with all reverence. And for those of you that are under the bishop, the deacon is the same thing because right. I'm one of them. And deacon. that's in that's that's verse twelve. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own house well. Mm-hmm. So if if it's the qualification for our head leadership, right? Why wouldn't it be the qualification for the rest of the body? Hello. That's that's my point. Hello. That's my point. We I'm need not- to rule our Oh, go ahead. I was say no, we need to rule our house as well. Because then your women, your woman and or vice versa, I know some men who play the the back part. Your your spouse will feel jaded. Oh, you can do everything for the house of God, but then you come home 
and you can't do this. You can't take out the trash. You can't wash no dishes. Oh, yeah. we got this two hundred dollar bill, and you ain't even. Got... Yeah. Come on, man. We don't, don't want to have that. that conversation. Don't don't put yourself in that position. You know what I mean? Where it's like you, I always be there. You taking care of everything else, but you're not taking care of the house. Yeah. Nah. You gotta make. You gotta stuff. take care of the house, and some of it is your presence. Yeah, it's true. Tell me what is your presence? Being present in the moment. Yeah. Coming okay. in, being present. I don't have kids yet, but when I do have kids, that's one of my main concerns that I'm present. In the moment. A provider, but I. But you're a present, present father. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I. Unavailable. Available. You understand? I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm, I'm killing myself providing. But emotionally, I'm unavailable for my kids. Thank you. I don't want to ever do that. It's easy to get into that. It's easy to fall into that trap. You know what I'm saying? It's very understandable. It's very easy to fall into that trap. I'm doing my best not to to set myself right. up to fall into that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's a it's a learning experience. It's something things we got to learn the hard way. You know, I've been there where I had to take a step back from ministry and do what I needed to do. You know, this this next phase of changing up things is a little bit different, but, you know, and that's something that I will share with my audience at some point. I'm not ready to share it yet, but my boys will know. So um, anything else you want to share, <laughs> you want to share uh, stuff in regards to music, ministry, life, marriage, any OK, I just want to give one tip out there to anybody who is a worship leader or wants to be a worship leader. Yeah. Um, Go for it. It's a very different function than being an entertainer or, or just being an artist, period. It's a very different function. And you just need to understand the function and that'll dictate all your decisions and you'll, and yeah. you'll be very effective. I like to always use this analogy. Think of an aerobics instructor. An aerobics instructor, they're up there they're exercising, right? And then all the people who's watching them, they're, they're, the, the, the robot instructor is showing them how to do the exercises correctly. And while they're showing them how to do the exercises correctly, they're encouraging them to do it with them, right? And then they're explaining to them what to expect since they're doing it. What, what type of results to expect, right? And and then there might be some people who are a little uh, less compelled to participate and maybe they're getting tired or maybe they're feeling discouraged. And guess what the aerobics instructor is doing? They're encouraging that person. Yeah, oh, this is it. good. Da, 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 da. You know what good. I mean? Aerobics instructor. If you understand that function, you will be a great worship leader. And, and you keep that mindset. And that will uh, inform all of your actions when you're up there, all of your choices up there when you're leading worship. And, and you'll be fine because it helped me. I used to suck. When I first started, when I first started, I sucked. And I, I was trying to rely on the riz, man, the charisma and the skills. And one day my dad had to tell me because I thought I killed it one day. And my dad was like, yo, you were not operating under the anointing at all. Like, you need to, you need to, you need to. You need to go pray or something. Get, get some anointing because it wasn't anointed when you were up there. Because I was wondering why I was, I thought I was killing it and people were still staring at me. Mm. And that's why 
you just talked about when we first started the uh, interview, you described, you know, how you, when you first saw me minister and how you felt and, and all that, that, that approach to ministry came from me falling on my face, like taking some L's, like messing up as a worship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Making mistakes as a worship. Yeah. That's how I got to the place of, oh, this is what we're, this is how you're supposed to, this is the approach. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why I'm when I'm up there, I'm real. Yeah. That's why. I, I, I can honestly say worship has literally saved my life. Mm. On a lot of occasions. Mm. A lot of occasions. I mean, if if my words can't, if my words failed me, my worship got me into the presence of God. So as a worship leader, you're leading people in a problem-solving action. You're yes, sir people in a life-changing action life change you lift your hands mm-hmm. and you need to explain that to them every time explain that to them encourage them while they're doing it don't get mad if they're not moving with you and they're not singing no mm-hmm. compel them to do it that's your job yeah. you gotta exp- you gotta give them especially how can i say this the church do it because other church people do Facts. Most church people don't know why they lift their hands. They don't know. They'll say to you it's out of reverence or out of respect. But for me, for it's it's different things. I, I lift my hands for surrender. I lift my hands, pick me up. <laughs> Father, pick me up. Uh, hello. Uh I you know, to get his attention. That's how I, I raise my hands. You know, I don't raise them lightly because I understand that in my hands there, there's power. So, you know, when you raise your hands, when, you, when you're leading people in worship, I also look at it as you're educating them yes. on what the different aspects of worship are. Lifting your hands, raising your voice. Why we say hallelujah. Why we say thank you, Jesus. Why we say amen. Why? We tell you to have your own form of worship, whether you don't say a word, but you hum a melody or you, whatever you do, you do you, but you know what works. So if worship leaders are up there and they don't know that, how can they tell the people? Exactly. So again, I would encourage all the worship leaders. Don't be like me when I first started, when I'm just <laughs> up there relying on my charisma and, and my skills. Like, yeah, don't do that. study about why worship is worship and how it works, and then you'll right. be able to uh, right. educate the people every time. Yeah. Every time. Every single time. And, and, then, and then on top of that... Mm-hmm. No, nah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, you finish. No, say it, say it. No, I was about to say, on top of that, the first mention of worship was not of lifting hands. The first mention of worship was a sacrifice of a body. <laughs> Abraham said to the person, said to his servant when him and Isaac was going up the mountain, hey, uh, me and the la- uh, you stay here, me and the ladder going up to worship. There was nothing beautiful, cute, or friendly about what was about to happen up there. He called that worship. And we call this worship. But he called, he called getting ready to sacrifice the thing that was dear to him worship you made me lose my train of thought <laughs> i had a point and i lost it. 
Oh, oh my God. Woo. Oh. Oh. What was I going to say? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Oh, man. That was so. Wow. Okay. Revelation. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. But, uh, 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 man. What was I going to say? I was, well. <laughs> oh, this is what I was going to say. And again, I'm not here because I hate it when people who know something, they like to bash people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens when they find out what you know? Can you bash them anymore? No. No. Nope. It's all, everything is always, this, this journey in life is always about it's moving, learning and experiencing. Yeah. So who are you to bash anybody who doesn't know? If they don't know, tell them. Educate them. Jerk. You, you jerk. Tell them. <laughs> Why do you get off on beating people up? I, church people get on my nerves when they get off on beating people up. Who yeah, don't, gatekeeping. Who don't know better. Come on. You're corny for that. You're yeah. corny. Yeah. Stephen no. Super Pfeiffer says you're corny. Yeah, Meanwhile, I agree. Back at, back at the ranch, this is why we're educating right now. If, let me roll on. If, um, if by the time you're done singing, the people aren't singing with you, worshiping with you, you have not done your job. Job's not finished. Kobe, rest in peace. Job's not finished. Why are you celebrating? Job's not. Oh, I killed mm-hmm. you. I sung. Job's not finished. No. Are, are they participating with you? By the time, by the time you're done, you shouldn't even have to sing a note because everybody else should be singing. Exactly. That's exactly. when your job is done. Keep that in mind when you're when you're leading worship. Yeah. yeah. Keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause it, it should be, you should be moving them into a place. Yes. You know, cause a lot of times the worship comes right before the word, mm-hmm. and it's right before you're getting ready to receive mm-hmm. from God what He has to say for you that day through your pastor, preacher, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's a hard job. It's a hard job sometimes. You know, because you're battling everything, your own stuff, plus everybody else's, you know, and (laughs) it's not easy. You know, it's not easy at all. But what I will say is it's possible if you stay true to what God has said, I'll be with you always. Take him with you. I'm glad you said uh, battle because that's like my main approach. Like the aerobics analogy that I said earlier, and then also fighting. When I yeah, when I get up, I have an attitude of I want to punch somebody in the face. But it's like I know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so I gotta fight with this worship. So yeah. I'm definitely getting up here with the attitude, yo, like, ooh, I'm gonna mm. coming after it. I'm coming, like I'm, you know what I mean? And men. Men, especially, we need to understand that aspect of worship. And I think that will motivate us even more to worship that this is how we fight back because we're natural problem solvers. And when life is beating us up, this is how we fight back. You know what I'm saying? And men know how to worship. Men already know how to worship. Oh, explain it. Okay. E L G A E S E. That's spelled wrong. E A G L E S E. That's worship. You're willing. Look. You're willing your team. Okay. Let's, no... let, <laughs> let, let's, let's hit him. Let's hit him in another way. Let's hit him in another way. 
Men know how to worship. You know how to go after a woman. Oh! Oh! You know how to swoon her. You know how to get her to be in the mood or to persuade her or to usher her into your presence. You know what to say to her over the phone to make her think of you and want to do things for you, etc. You know, you know how, how to work. worship. And like now, I, grant, granted, I know the difficulty of worshiping a being that's invisible. However, if you have a relationship with him in any shape or form or allow yourself to be free and not worry about what another man's looking at you for, you will experience him. And I, I know he has a special thing for his daughters, but he loves his sons, boy. That, that's all I can say. Like, because, boy, the work, when I'm in his presence for real, and you can ask my wife, the last time I was, like, in the, in the office, praying, studying, reading, worshiping, I came back in the room and fell right to sleep. He rocked me straight to sleep. Because being in his presence was everything I needed in that moment. I just came off of a fast. Woke up the ne- that the day after the fast was over. I was like, I feel the joy of the Lord. Woke up like, yeah. Let's do it. Because when you surrender, and that's where worship is. Worship is surrendering. Worship is sacrifice. You're sacrificing who you are. You're sacrificing what you love the most for him in those moments. Whether you like your pride, whether you like to be quiet, whether you like, you know, your personality, whether you don't want to be seen as strange and weird. You're sacrificing a lot in that moment. And when you're ready to sacrifice the breath that you have, your, the, your leg strength, your arm strength, sacrifice who you are as a man or a woman. That's when God can really come in and be like, OK. Now, let me. What do I, what do you need? What do you want? Let me help you. Worship, it's not just about the music and the band and the bass and the drums and the vocal arrangements and all that. Oh, that's great. That's the aesthetics. We love that. We need that. But if it don't start here and start here, it won't flow out right there out of your mouth. You can hear all the notes in the world. You can sing all the scales. But if it ain't in here, and we are human. Absolutely. That's why you see me up there again in the realness of it because I have a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. A whole lot of unanswered questions about life, about why is this happening? Where is God in this? All that. And I know, especially, I don't know how we got on this whole men thing, but I know. But it's a, cool. It's cool. I know a lot of men deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even seeing corruption in church. Don't get me started. Seeing corruption. <laughs> Been in church mm-hmm. all my life, so I, I done seen it all, heard it all. Like, yeah, bro. Being corruption in church, and it's like, this ain't God. This is nope. What is where's is God in this? And why is God he letting is, it happen? And what is 
He is not pleased. To worship on top of all that. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not easy. It's, it's, no, it's not. And it takes a special type of putting it to the side. But I I I've learned in the past season of me worshiping, you know, confused, frustrated, hurt, um, feeling abused, mistreated in different realms. I took all of that and put it on the altar. It was like, you know what? You burn it up. And and then I'm going to throw myself on there too. Because it's too much for us to carry into God's presence. It's too much. Imagine if the blind man was trying to reach Jesus, calling his name, but he had a, car- a caravan of stuff. Oh, let me take my doubts. Let me take my my fears. Let me take my frustrations. Let me take my questions. Jesus, he wouldn't have been able to get his attention because he'd been boggled down so much that his voice wouldn't have carried. But that's why we need to strip ourselves of things in his presence. And sometimes it only it takes his presence to do it. I'm going to be transparent. A few weeks ago, I found out got the worst news of my life that my grandmother's health was declining worst news that possibly one of the worst news is in my life me and steph already talked about it she loves me i love her when i tell you i was muzzled angry frustrated wanted to pray couldn't pray i was like i really don't like you right now i really i really don't but in this on this very couch that i'm sitting on right now sat here my wife was on the side and she said why are you angry with him i said because he's allowing this to happen that's why i'm angry i said but at the end of the day it's nothing i can do he's god this is life at some point her time was going to tick for the last time or start winding up i'm just not ready for it and in that moment a form of worship for me was sitting here in silence praying and as i prayed i gave it all up and i continued to push through and stumble through and and fumble through and cry and and, and be mad and all these different things but then even in the midst of my prayer and here's the beautiful part even in the midst of my prayer my prayer was god i'm not ready give us more time give her more time Two days later, a prophet whom I don't talk to. I don't talk to him at all. I, I only talk to him every now and again. Shout out to Prophet Jeremy Butler. I only talk to him maybe two times a year. And every time I talk to him, he's giving me something life-changing. He texts me or DMs me on Instagram and says, hey, I'm praying for you. I say, hey, you know, thank you so much. And he's like, hey, call me. So we speak. And in the middle of us speaking, he says, and God heard your prayer for your grandmother. He said, he's going to give you more time. So imagine if I was in that moment stuck in what I was feeling and didn't pray that prayer. Didn't have that moment of transparency with God. Imagine what would have happened. Sometimes our worship changes things. 
the simplest of things. Because the backstory about me and my grandmother, I believe this is why we were so close. I should have died. I shouldn't have even been born. My mother was going to abort me. She didn't feel fit to be a mother at the time that she was pregnant with me. But my grandmother came to her and said, don't abort, don't kill my grandchild. And she made her a promise that she has upheld all the way up until this day. I will never let y'all go. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I need to do. Don't let him. Don't kill my grandchild. She didn't know I was a boy yet. But don't kill my grandchild. So if her plea and her prayer and her petition saved my life, why wouldn't my plea, my prayer, my petition not save hers for a little bit longer but that is worship that's the heart of it sacrifice transparency you could be angry frustrated with god but if you don't release it he can't do nothing he's a gentleman he's a gentleman he can only take what you would give him he can only work with what you allow him to work with. Look at the fishes in the loaves. Look out you stretching out your hand. He can only work with what you give him. He's not going to take it from you. So th this thing of worship, this thing of music, this thing of just, just us having this conversation. I don't even know where we're at now, but where we're at. <laughs> Right now, we were supposed to be done 30 minutes ago. But this this whole thing is, is really about obedience, sacrifice, and love. And if you're not willing to do the hard thing, you know, what what would happen if Stefan decided not to get up on a Sunday and do his due diligence? Who would be lost? Who wouldn't be blessed? What person who's at their wits end wouldn't get the hope that they need not to put a bullet into their brain or swallow all those pills or put a bag over their head? Like these, these are real situations that people have done. Slit your wrist and sit in the bathtub. Like people do this. That's why worship is important, but it's not, not just the musical aspect of it, the heart. the heart that's why i say it takes a special person to be a worship leader just like it takes a special person to be a preacher a special person to be a pastor it, it, it takes a special person you got to be selfless oh i'm done all right uh <laughs> i got nothing left that was, that was oh, it uh, it's just what you said about not staying in your feelings. Yeah. You know, it hit me because as a worship leader, man, I've, I've led worship where I just, it's unresolved. And I just say, God, don't let me bleed on the people. Yeah. Shout out to Gary Diggs because I got that from him. Don't bleed. And on sometimes, me. and sometimes that's it. That's all you got. 
Shout out to Gary Diggs because he he definitely like is the person who put the mic in my hand and said, "Do you have church at Bethany?" Shout out to him. I always got love for him and everybody at Bethany. Lonnie Hunter, absolutely. Uh, as because Lonnie Hunter, I consider him to be a mentor. Just you know, not of course him sitting down and giving me advice, but then most of the time it's just just being around him, just watching him. Mentor. Learned a lot. Shout out to everybody over there. I love everybody. But I digress. I've led worship where I've basically, I haven't resolved the pain. I haven't resolved the anger. I just ignored it. He mm-hmm. said, not about me. I'm going to lead yeah. these people to worship. And even though I'm feeling a certain Hurting. way, and yeah. I'm feeling hurt, I'm going to ignore it, and I'm going to just focus on making sure they get what they need today. And I've done that so many times. So many times. You wouldn't believe. And the church went up. Of course they For did. sure. Because I know how to get out of the way. But that doesn't sure. mean what was going on with me was resolved. Yeah, or healthy. Get out the way. Or healthy. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so what you just said about your grandmother and how you just sat there and you prayed instead of staying in your feelings, man. Very hard prayer. Very hard prayer. I think that was probably maybe my third hardest prayer I've ever prayed in my entire life. I'm sure there'll be others. But that was a hard prayer, bro. That was It was difficult, man. But I was willing. I knew I had to get through it. Because on the backside now, not that I have to be strong, but I need to be present for everything else. Need to be present for everything else. Because if I didn't deal with it, dude, I, I we wouldn't be talking right now. I had no desire to do anything. Everything literally stopped. There was a fog. I was heading into a very dark place and I felt it creeping up. And if I didn't deal with what I needed to deal with in that moment and be transparent with God, be transparent in front of the woman that I love. Cause sometimes we, we try to shield them too. Yeah. You know, from those, from those moments. But I learned, I've learned recently. This is why we're together. <laughs> you, you, you need to see me deal with tough and difficult situations. And to allow you to be there to support me, rub my head if I'm crying, hold, like she hugged me and I didn't really want to be hugged. Like that's how dark it was getting for me. You know what I mean? And it was only a week and I felt myself slipping. And that was one of the prayers that I prayed to, Lord, I don't want to lose myself in this. Because I know men who have lost significant women in their lives. And they lose themselves. Mm. And I don't want to be that type of guy. It's very easy to happen. Yeah, because it's easy to shut off that emotional side. And just be like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and and it'll peak out every now and again, but it's not fully embraceable. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, where, where we're at now in the form of being men, men of God, renaissance men, creative men, is we got to deal with our stuff, man. 
We got to be able to deal with it. It's t- it's difficult, but we got to. It's healthy. It's healthy. It- it's helpful for everybody else. And I know for me, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be present for my wife. I wouldn't be present for my mom. I wouldn't be present for my aunt or my cousins or at work. Literally, I was a zombie. If I <laughs> if I didn't take care of that situation that night. And I'm not saying that I'm 100% over the shock of the news or prepared for the back end of it. No. But I can say that I got the strength that I need. And our boy, our brother, Matthew Henderson, shout out to him. Uh, I, was talk- I was talking to him recently, and he was like, dude, you are the quintessential example of what it means to win. You're weak. He's made strong. I said, yeah, because this is him. This ain't me. Trust me, if it was me, I'd be at the bottom of a bottle somewhere. I'd be just laying in the bed. Nothing. But I knew to be the man that she partly raised, that she loves so much, that she shares these embarrassing stories about. (laughs) To be that guy, you know, I had to deal with it. And that's the same thing when it comes to anything that we do creatively, anything that we do for God. We got to deal with what's going on behind the scenes. I'm guilty of not shutting off family, shutting off God. Oh, yeah. On Sunday. Mm hmm. Time to worship. When it's time to leave worship, I'll see you on Sunday. Mm hmm. I don't have anything I can even say right now. What am I going to say? I'll see you on Sunday. I've I've been there. there. I've been there more times than I like. And guess what? It was effective. The church went up because I know how to get out of the way and let him use me. But the Lord, God spoke through a a donkey before. God could use you. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean that what's going on inside of you is resolved. Right. Right. So, all right, guys. So, Okay. This 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 was uh ter- took a serious left turn, but uh yes. it's good. It's good. And I want to thank my boy, my brother for real, Seven Fiver. Now, just to let y'all know, this is sometimes how our conversations are. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes, like when we talk on the phone. Sometimes this is this is our conversations. Our in person ones are probably a little bit more intense because you can't hide while we're in person. I'm I'm glad that I didn't cry on this show. I came a couple. I saw times. your face. I saw your face. I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to do this over there." Please. <laughs> <laughs> but here you started going. You man, listen. I, I oh. saw your face. I was like, "Ah, oh, please don't cry." Because uh, if you do, I'm gonna cry, and then we're just gonna be some crying black folk on the. I was on the right screen. there, bro. Right. I, I listen. Just talking about some of this stuff will make you cry, but it's good. And it's necessary. You know what I mean? He gave us emotions for a reason. And not to control us, but to be locators of where we are. You know what I mean? And that's a key locator. I'm pissed off. Why? Do whatever happened. And you deal with it. Simple. But um, this has been great, man. And, uh, whew. <laughs> Might have to sit here and say lie after this is over. But uh, I want to thank you again. This is my third close. I want to thank you again <laughs> for, you know, for being a part 
of this and um taking the time out sitting in your car talking to me um and just allowing me to uh share and you share and i wish again all the time much blessings and uh best wishes for you and wifey as y'all continue to build and grow we got to get down there and get some grub um real soon likewise real soon I'm, I'm, i'm excited about that and um yeah dude tell the people where they can find you what's going on next projects at super steph pfeiffer s-u-p-a s-t-e-p-h-i-f-e-r that's on instagram my old instagram page did get hacked it did. uh this past mother's day weekend dirty um, dude I started... dirty just dirty my followers back from that but yeah I am verified now on my new Instagram. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So if you don't see the blue check on Instagram, it is not me. Uh, at Super Steph Pfeiffer is me on Instagram. Stephen Super Steph Pfeiffer uh, on Facebook. Stephen Pfeiffer on YouTube. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you'll see everything I'm doing. You'll see everything I'm doing. The man's everywhere. So, you know, he don't stop just like I don't stop. But. You know, sometimes we get time to chat and build and <laughs> do things. Um, so, yeah, y'all. So, as I always say, I want you to be your best creative self, be your best safe self, and love God and love on people. And also love on yourself a little bit. Um, this has been Studio 124 with the boys, Stefan Fiverr. And I will see y'all on the next episode. If you like this joint, let me know. Um, I want to start doing some special stuff and bringing some people back on the show. And if you want Steph back, I don't care if you want him back or not, he's coming back. So uh, it's going to be great. And the next time I have him back, I will have his lovely wife with him as well. Yeah, we're going to bring her out of the show. Come, come, on, come on in. Come on into the room. Come on into the room. But y'all be blessed. We love y'all. See y'all soon. Peace.